Welcome to the first ever Canada's Kudos Awards 2019. We are going to celebrate the best and the worst of what has happened in pinball in 2019. Are you ready? Should we get this award show going? Let's kick it off right now. Now, who's hot, who not? Tell me who rock, who sell out in the stores? You tell me who flop, who cop the blue drop? Who jewels got blocks? Who mostly goes you down? So who is hot and who is not in the pinball world of 2019? We're going to talk about that during the first ever Canada's Kudos Award show. Are you ready for it? Now I said, if you win a Canada's Kudo Award, I will send you a Canada's Kudo physical award if you would like. So reach out to me and, and keep me honest to that award because I think it's going to be years from now, the most celebrated award of all time. Now, here's how this award show is going to work. We're going to look at things that have happened in 2019. I'm going to read you the categories. They're not going to be the exact same categories as the Twippies. That would be no fun. So we've added a few new ones in as well. But we also will tackle some of the, the big ones because I, you know I just want to share my opinions on what I think was the best and maybe the worst of 2019 in pinball. Now I have to say 2019 was a pretty unique year in that a lot went on. Now when you look at it from a distance and you look at what came out from each manufacturer, what were the big titles shipping in 2019, I will say it was a unique year, but it wasn't, I don't think it was like the best year in pinball ever when it came to titles that came out. Now we had some few major, major titles, which obviously we're gonna talk about, uh, but for the most part, for the most part, I, I still think 2019 will go down as a somewhat mediocre year in, in terms of what got people really excited in pinball. Now that does not mean that a few games are not gonna rise to the top and become classic games that we'll talk about 10 years from now, okay? So here's what I wanna do. Before I read you the categories, I want to read you the companies that are part of the pinball scene of 2019, who those companies are, and what games they had available or are in contention for a Canada Kudo Award for a best of Kudo or a worst of Kudo. So here's the deal. Here's how it's going to work. We got Stern Pinball, and they have the Munsters, Black Knight, Sword of Rage, Jurassic Park, Elvira, House of Horrors, Star Wars Vault, Stranger Things. And it's like, wow, Stern once again has like five, six titles that they put out into the world, into boxes for us to buy. And that that is kind of incredible because from there, when we go to the other manufacturers, it's like company, one game. We have JJP, Jersey Jack Pinball with Willy Wonka, right? Hugely anticipated title, Willy Wonka. We have Chicago Gaming Company, with, uh, you know, they had Monster Bash Remake, but really Medieval Madness Royal Edition uh, were the two games that we saw from them last year. Uh, Spooky Pinball. Uh, they finished up production of Alice Cooper's Nightmare Castle all throughout 2019, and then they showed us Rick and Morty. Obviously, the attention now is on Rick and Morty and, and getting one of those 750 spots for people who are, love that theme. Deep Root Pinball, after all the hype, all the hyperbole, all the promises, all the, all the, you know, all the, uh, the bullishness. Uh, we got to see an early reveal, a prototype of retro atomic zombie adventure land in Houston. American Pinball Oktoberfest, a game that was revealed in October of 2018, but did not ship until 2019. I mean, there was a six month delay. So Oktoberfest is still kind of like a 2019 title. 
Suncoast Pinball Cosmic Carnival, Haggis Pinball Celts, Pinball Adventures Puny Puny Factory Pinball, P3 Multimorphic had nothing new. Right? It's kind of incredible. When you do just list it all out, you do realize. And then obviously Dutch Pinball is reshipping, you know, the ARA versions of Big Lebowski. And, you know, rumor has it that some alien pinball machines will be at TPF. But no, let's just look at 2019. It is quite obvious, right, that Stern is just the juggernaut, the mothership that hangs over this entire industry. They're the company that gets the most arrows in the back. They're the company that has people have the most opinions about. Because if you love pinball, how can you not have so many opinions about the company that is sharing so many titles with the world every year? I mean, there's just, it, it, it's always, it's always undeniable how far ahead they are of everybody else in this hobby because of the volume of games they have, the theme of games they have. And it's impressive. There's no way around it. It's just impressive that Stern Pinball makes this many games a year, okay? Now, 2019, something we won't bring up too much. I think it might be in one category, but 2019, I think, was also a year, as we look at a year in review, it was a year that was heavily defined by quality control issues. How many of you out there did not sort of take a pause when you started to see playfield issues on Jersey Jack machines, on Stern machines? It was a year in which many of us started to rethink how much money we're investing in these products if these products are not gonna be made to the standard we want. And I think a lot of people out there, I know I did, a lot of people out there demanded that these manufacturers make changes to the games to increase the quality of them and especially the playfield issues we saw and also we all were witnessing how manufacturers were handling customers who had issues many got nothing some got an unpopulated playfield um, some just decided many start just decide to live with the issue because no one no one out there really wants to change out their playfield okay but we covered that story a lot in 2019, and I still, to this day, here we are, right, December 27th, we still have not received official word on what the solve is with that issue, and that still would have me somewhat nervous jumping in, all right? But you're not here, you're not here to hear about the 2019 playfield issues, you're here for Canada's Kudos Awards. Okay, so here are the categories for Canada Kudos Awards. We're going to do the best theme of 2019 and the worst theme. We're going to do the best theme integration of 2019 and the worst theme integration. The most beautiful game of 2019 and the ugliest game of 2019. The best topper of 2019 and the worst topper of 2019. Best bang for the buck 2019 and the biggest ripoff of 2019. The best surprise moment of 2019 and the worst surprise moment of 2019. We will cover the best marketing move of 2019 and the worst marketing move of 2019. I mean, you know me, I'm a marketer. I need to, I think we should in incorporate some of these because marketing decisions in pinball can have tremendous impact on a company. The best reveal or launch of a game in 2019, who did it best this year? We talk a lot about that, how the re revealing a game is super important. And then who is the worst reveal of 2019? What was the best toy in a game in 2019? What was the worst toy in a game in 2019? What's the, who is the most improved company of 2019? And who was the least improved of 2019? And then, you know, then I want to just go down a list of just positive awards. Okay, I'm going to do the best game, 
the best designer, the best team of the year, the artist of the year, the pinball company leader of the year, the pinball community man of the year, the company of the year, and then the best use of a projector in a game in 2019. All right, so that's gonna be the categories for the 2019 Canada's Kudos Awards. Are you ready to rock and roll, people? Let's do this right now. All right, now we talk a lot about theme in pinball, and I think that theme is everything. I think that if you make a pinball theme that is a home run, it is going to make everything else for your company fall in place. The sales will be there. The customers will be there. The demand for your next game will be there. Getting the theme right is so super important in pinball. And, and, and when you think about the best theme for a pinball game, I think you have to look at it like that. Like what is the best theme that would make for the best pinball experience? What is the best theme that would attract the majority of people in the age buying demographic of pinball. Because you could say like Justin Bieber is a great theme or Taylor Swift is a great theme to sell stuff, but not pinball, right? And we know like people debate like whether or not Beetlejuice is good or Superman 78. So I'm looking at this as this is the best theme that I think was selected to make a pinball machine out of. And this was a hard one. This was a hard one because I would say the top three finalists uh, you got Stranger Things, you've got Rick and Morty, and you've got Willy Wonka. Uh, to me, those were the three in the running of like, these are the best themes for pinball in 2019. You know, and, and look, we had two that were hyper contemporary, Stranger Things and, you know, Rick and Morty. Obviously, those properties are really popular right now, and there's active fan bases. And then you got Willy Wonka, a classic movie that's been around for a long time that both parents and children like. That's a super fun movie. Now, I struggled with this one because you know me. You know me. I, 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 do, I do think that if you get the right theme, uh, you're, you're going to have like a home run on your hands and, 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 and nailing it is so important. Now, this, my answer might surprise some of you, but I think the best theme for a pinball machine in 2019, and if, you know, if, if I were just sitting in a room and I say, what should we make this year that's really going to like, you know, attract a lot of people that will get people excited to buy the pinball machine. I think it's Willy Wonka. And, and Kaneda Kudos to best theme selection in 2019 is Willy Wonka. I, I just think it's, to me, Willy Wonka is just a classic. It's, it goes across generations. Not everybody's seen Stranger Things, but I bet you most people have seen Willy Wonka. We don't know if Stranger Things is still going to be popular five years from now or if people are going to be sick of it. And the reason I like Willy Wonka as a theme is when you have something that's a classic that is aged really well, that continues to age well, that people will enjoy it for generations to come. Those to me are some of the most powerful themes available to pinball. You know, stuff like Ghostbusters is like that, like Ghostbusters, Back to the Future. There's just, there's some of those properties that just never grow old because they are so damn good and i think that is willy wonka and that is why willy wonka gets my vote for best pinball theme of 2019. all right now where there's a best there's a worst so what was the worst theme of pinball in 2019. you know this one's always hard it's always hard when you want to go out and you want to make something on your own now before i say this answer i want to tell you guys that i have decided during the canada's kudos awards to exclude certain companies from 
uh, winning awards, especially the worst awards. And, and and I'm excluding Cosmic Carnival, I'm excluding Celts, and I'm excluding Punny Factory Pinball. And I'll tell you why I'm excluding them from the running. I'm excluding them from the running because these games to me have hardly any owners. They have hardly any buyers, if any. Like nobody is really considering these in their purchase decisions. They're not. So I just don't even want them to be jumped on and slammed on as the worst. Because to me, to me, it's the it's it's the top companies that we all know about. To me, I want to recognize good decisions they made and bad decisions they made. I don't want to go after these like homebrew sort of startup boutiques and and just start slamming them. Uh, because I think it just would wouldn't it wouldn't be entertaining. It wouldn't be exciting for you, and it wouldn't be fair to them. Because I just think they're so far behind the rest of the field that picking on them would just be unfair. Okay, so let's just let's just remove those games from consideration, and let's go back to the worst theme of 2019. Now, look, you know me. I think the worst theme in the history of all of pinball was Oktoberfest, but I still have to consider Oktoberfest a 2018 title. I mean, that game was at shows in 2018, so it just it leaves it to one other one. And and everyone always says they want an original theme, they want an original IP, even though this was the third installment in a pinball series of games. The worst theme of 2019 for sure was Black Knight Sword of Rage. It's just unfortunate that I think this game was really designed to be just for pinball fanatics. It wasn't meant for mass market. But the real shame in how Stern launched this game is they still treated it like every other game. You know, the Pro Premium LE model, and, and every game was the same price. And it is absolutely idiotic that a Black Knight sort of rage is the same price as a Star Wars or a Jurassic Park or Stranger Things. Like, idiotic. Stern Pinball, just they marketed this thing all wrong. They, they, they should have made a limited number of them, only one version of the game, and made it a special thing as, as like a homage to Steve Ritchie's franchise. And instead, they just put it into the normal marketing mix, and it failed horribly. It didn't sell well. And if you look at used game sales of Black Knight LEs, people are getting like six grand for them. $9,000 new, $6,000 now. So the worst theme of 2019 goes to Black Knight, Sword of Rage. Let's move on. So let's get into the best theme integration of 2019. Now, the best theme integration by this, what I mean is, here is your theme, and how well did you integrate that theme into the experience of the game that brought that theme to life, okay? Now, that, 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 that is a combination of things. It's a combination of the callouts and the sounds and the music and the lights and the toys and the artwork, right? To me, this is like everything working together to just give me the, the feeling that I'm experiencing that theme uh, in the best possible way. And this one, you know, again, I was going back and forth. I do think the game that makes you feel like you're stepping into that world the most from the second you hit start on the game itself is Jurassic Park. And I mean, with that theme song coming in, and with the T-Rex and with the music and with the callouts and, and, and with the animations, I know that it's not based on the Jurassic Park movie. I know that. I get that. But they did an amazing job of when you start playing that game, immediately feeling like you're dropped into the world of Jurassic Park and you're trying to capture the dinosaurs and, and you're on that sort of like roller coaster ride that the characters were in the films. And they did such a good job 
I think, bringing that to life, okay? Now, the worst theme integration of 2019, I'm going to catch some slack for this. I always do. Um, and to me, this is just one, again, it's just always been one that I just don't understand. I don't understand if how you watch this movie and you watch the elements of the film and you watch you know, the different toys in the movie and you watch the songs being sung and you watch the characters on their mission and, and each thing they encounter in each room of the chocolate factory and ultimately, you know, the end goal is to acquire the chocolate factory and break out of the Wonkavator. It's all right there. The entire, the entire pinball machine is laid out perfectly in movie format for this game to translate. And I just think what they did with Willy Wonka Pinball integrated that theme so poorly into the pinball experience. I played it yesterday again. I brought Brenda. We were at Jack Bar with her sister. We were playing Willy Wonka. And, and really, like, when you're playing the pinball machine, everyone's just like, what am I doing? Like, what's what's going on right now? Like, it's just, there's just so much more confusion than there should be, especially when you know the movie and you know how simple it is to tell that story. And I think this is just a wake-up call. I keep saying this to Jersey Jack. They make the most beautiful games. They make the most, like, stellar games. Um, you know, and, and they, they look like $20,000 games next to Stern Machines. But for some reason, when you jump on one, it's just like they're just confusing. It's like they're only meant for the home environment in which you have to study a manual to know what to do in the game. And I wish they would just stop coding their games that way and stop integrating the themes in ways that require so much homework before you can truly enjoy the experience. And I get it for you homeowners that have these games and you enjoy them. That's great. But why can't they make them both ways? All right. They need to. Games should not be so hard to get into and understand what to do. And if you want to nitpick, what about the movies, you know, what about the gobstopper machine in the movie translates into that toy of just a rotating gobstopper? WonkaVision's not even used like WonkaVision. In the film itself, WonkaVision shrinks things down, shrinks them down to smaller size, right? Is that happening in the pinball machine with the use of WonkaVision? It's just a screen that says WonkaVision on it. And it doesn't even look like WonkaVision, which is supposed to be all white. It's so, it's, it's, it's amazing to me because it's all right there. I just think they should have stayed truer to the film itself, all right? Not to mention there's no songs being sung by the actors from the movie. And if you can't get the assets to make a musical come to life, then why do it? Oh, it's hard, right? It's hard, right? Because if you're listening to the show, it's like I gave, I think Willy Wonka was the best theme ever for Bimble. And they had such an opportunity to put everything I think you wanted in it. And I just, I don't know. I just don't think it connected the way if you're a diehard Wonka fan, you wanted it to. The most beautiful game of 2019. Now this went between two games. All right, when I say beauty, I mean you stand over a game and you're just like, that's gorgeous. Like makes you want to drool. Like makes you just, oh, there's nothing about this I would change. Like, give it to me now. It's so sexy. Two games, two games. One was Willy Wonka Collector's Edition. Wow. Game is, game is gorgeous. There, there's, I, I, again, I, I, I say that when you stand over a Jersey Jack machine, it, it is, you are witnessing the most beautiful pinball machines, I think, of all time. I mean, I, I really do believe this. Like, they just, they, they look so polished and so beautiful and so high-end, I think high-end is the right word, they look so premium that it makes everything else seem cheap. It just does. It just does. Okay, so there was that machine. 
And then there was Medieval Madness Royal Edition by Chicago Gaming Company. And wow, I mean, have you seen pictures of what the Royal Edition looks like with that topper, with the sparkly black armor? My God, it's gorgeous. Now, it was a coin toss between these two, but the winner for sexiest game and most beautiful game of 2019 goes to, it definitely goes to um, Medieval Madness Royal Edition. And I'll tell you why, it was close. Because, and it's real simple, two, two reasons why. One is the topper is just so much nicer. And I know we're gonna get to best topper, but there's also nothing in Medieval Madness Royal Edition that I would change or yank out, right? And for me, the collector's edition of Willy Wonka it just has that hideous signature plate on the apron and, and a piss poor topper. So as beautiful it is as it is, I, I think to win this category, there needs to be nothing you'd want to change in the game aesthetically because they just nailed it. And I think Chicago Gaming Company just nailed it with how nice that Royal Edition looks. The ugliest game of 2019. Now, see, here's the thing. It's like... Obviously, Oktoberfest to me is the ugliest game of 2018, 19. If you consider it eligible for 2019 because that's the primary year it shipped, then yes, the ugliest game of 2019 does go to Oktoberfest. Now, if you were to ask me current games that are out right now, right, between Willy Wonka, between Stranger Things, between Rick and Morty, between, you know, Munsters and Jurassic Park and Black Knight, uh, you know, it's it gets harder. It gets harder because I would say out of the most current titles, the least attractive ones to me are both Rick and Morty and Stranger Things. I, I don't think either one of them, like from an art package on the playfield, like blows me away. Um, the cabinet artwork, I, I, I definitely like the Rick and Morty cabinet artwork better than Stranger Things. I, I would give it to Stranger Things because I feel like it's back to just the Photoshop crappy drag and drop. Now, I have to see it in person. But when I look at the artwork on Stranger Things, I'm just not, it just doesn't have this, it's just not as impressive as it was when we were getting stuff from Dirty Donnie, Christopher Franchi, and Zombie Yeti. I mean, those three guys all delivered much more beautiful games than this kind of art style. So I would put Stranger Things as, as my ugliest of all the, the current titles that are out there. Um, with 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 Rick and Morty being close second, but Rick and Morty, like that's the art from the show. So it's weird for me that people don't understand that. But anyway, all right, let's go on. Okay, so that brings us to probably the most popular conversation of 2019, and that was the toppers in pinball machines and on pinball machines and and topper gate and when would we see Star Wars topper and 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 when would we see the Wonka Vader topper or Wonkatonia topper? So here's here's the thing. Toppers to me are not throw away insignificant things when it comes to buying a machine. A lot of people love to have toppers on top of their machines. I also think toppers are the most underutilized toy or mech that a pinball machine can have. That you can make a topper interactive with the game. It's crazy to me that none of these engineers, designers, or pinball companies have figured out better ways to integrate toppers into gameplay. Look, I know you have to look up, but so what? You could look up and see it do something while you're trapping the ball or while something's going on in the game. It could do something for you. It could communicate something to you. You could put a screen up there that's really cool. I don't understand why nobody looks at that real estate. So that being said, I still think toppers are very like, we're still like in this 
like antiquated like period where it's just it's just a sculpt with the lighting and that's all they really do or maybe a little bit of movement with lights but nothing special so the best topper obviously i think it goes without saying because it was just so gorgeous and it just looks so perfect and it, it just fit the machine so well is the medieval madness topper that they put on top of the, the new medieval madness games that are coming out okay that 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 thing is just Take, take a lesson, all of you companies out there with just flat, boring plastic toppers, that that is what a good topper looks like. The worst topper of 2019, the $750 disaster known as the R2-D2 topper, the limited edition 500 only of this turd going to be made at a ridiculous cost for what you get. This topper is just dumb. It, it doesn't even look good on top of the machine. It doesn't. It, it, it should go across the entire top of the machine. The, the metal looks unfinished. He looks like he's been sort of made in the back room at Stern with Sharpie pens and, and, and stickers. It's, it's, it has no depth to it. It doesn't look molded. It looks flat. It looks boring. It looks uninspired. And it, it looks like a waste of money and a hunk of junk for 750 bucks. And I've said it before. Stern Pinball should be embarrassed that they can't get their toppers to come out when the games come out and that their topper division, which sells these things for lots of money, isn't put under the same deadlines as the other parts of the company because it's just embarrassing, some of these things they, that they consider. But I, look, for the most part, Stern makes really cool toppers. Like Black Knight Topper was really cool. Iron Maiden was cool. Uh, you know, is there a Jurassic Park? Where's the Jurassic Park one? Where's the Elvira Topper, right? It's like these games are out. And then, and then you wait this huge delay to get the topper. Like, that's so stupid. Okay, so let's move on from toppers to best bang for your buck in pinball. Like, what is the best bang for your buck machine? At, like, at this money, you get this much. I was going back and forth on this. In 2019, the best bang for the buck, I think, goes to Willy Wonka, the standard edition machine for like 7500 bucks, 7600 bucks that you can get a brand new inbox Jersey Jack machine. You lose the Wonka Vader, but that's not losing much. I, I think the fact that Jack has got a machine down to that price with what he puts into the games uh, is phenomenal. I think that's the best bang for the buck. The runner up in that category was Jurassic Park Premium because I also think that that is tremendous value for what you get, all right? The biggest ripoff of 2019, this is just, you know what it's gonna be, 15, thousand dollars for a piece of couch they didn't do anything else other than a piece of couch and cheap foiled side art for the cabinet the elvira beyond a joke suckers edition better known as the signature edition there's a reason why you're not seeing anyone share their unboxings of these games you know what the biggest joke is is that some distributors still have them so this whole notion that they sold out, you can't get one. There's no way. This is the rarest pinball machine ever. It's the biggest joke in the history of pinball. That Stern Pinball charged $15,000 for that game. And I mean that because I just jumped on Elvira at Jack Bar. I played about like 20 games. I really like it. I think it's a fun shooter. It's not like, it's not mind-blowingly amazing. It's good. It's a good game. I think Lyman's going to make it a really fun game. It was more satisfying for me to shoot that than it was to shoot Batman. Um, so I do like the shots better than Batman. I do think Lyman's going to make it really interesting. I'll say this. The, the movie clips don't really do much for me. I don't think it's going to pull people in with the same level of ex as excitement 
as Batman clips. There's no way. There's no way those clips are going to make people as excited as, you know, capturing the Riddler, the Joker, the Penguin, the Catwoman. But it shoots fine. But the whole time I was playing it, like, I was like, the music's great. The sounds are great. The sound effects are awesome. It's a fun pin. It's a fun pin for like 7500 bucks at most. And then the thought of someone paying 8000 more almost for that game just because of a dumb plaque on the apron and a piece of couch that's not even attached to the game and side art that most people won't even see like just like stupid I was like this is stupid that someone would pay twice as much just for some bragging rights that no one even cares about so that is the worst ripoff of 2019 Elvira all right the best surprise moment of 2019 and the worst surprise moment of 2019 are actually the same thing the award goes to for best and worst surprise of 2019 to the fact that Dutch Pinball is still alive. The company that just will never go away is back. And they're still making the Big Lebowski. Like six, seven years later, we're still talking about people trying to get the games they paid for like five years ago. And this has been, this is just like the ultimate slow motion train wreck. And it's still going on. Now, the reason why it wins best and worst is for some people, this is the best news possible. Because now you can go get a brand new Big Lebowski when you thought no more would ever be made. Although I haven't really seen many of them being opened up and unboxed. I'm quite curious as to what their manufacturing numbers are per week right now, okay? Now, that's the worst news for some people because it means the wounds have been reopened again. That for some of you guys who got burned and just already put that money aside that you lost, now you have hope again. But the, the scenario in which you can get one is you have to go buy your game again for $12,500. You're in you're into this game 21 grand with the promise that you might get a free one at the end of manufacturing if you can pull off 400 of them or 500 of them. I mean, come on. Those people are still suffering and that can't feel like a great scenario for them to have to buy their game twice. Ridiculous. All right. The best marketing move of 2019. Now, by marketing move, I mean, this is the best marketing decision that a company made that once they made this marketing decision, it put them on the right track to be successful. And, you know, marketing entails hiring the right talent, getting the right themes, you know, how you launch a game. But I think above and beyond, if we look at 2019, the biggest marketing move of the year for me was Spooky Pinball acquiring the Rick and Morty license. Now, they probably did it two years ago, but out of all the marketing moves out there, I think this little company from Benton, Wisconsin, I think they acquired a title that other manufacturers were sleeping on because this title is great. We know that Spooky is not spending millions on these licenses and definitely an eye-opener for people over at Stern, at Deep Root, at Chicago Gaming, at American Pinball. Why was Spooky able to make a title that clearly so many people wanted, yet everyone else sort of slept on it? And I think that deserves the Canada Kudo for best marketing move of 2019. Now, the worst marketing move of 2019, the two things I had in this category, the, the two runner-ups, I'll give you the runner-up and then the, the, the worst that I think happened from a marketing standpoint of 2019. Number, number two is Jersey Jack Pinball waiting like eight or nine months, maybe nine or 10 months between revealing Willy Wonka 
and getting the collector's editions to people. That you just can't make people who are spending the most amount of money on your highest end version of the game wait eight to nine months to get it. That's just like a stupid and terrible marketing decision. Now, that might have been a byproduct of what I consider, this is the award for the worst marketing move of 2019, and that is this award goes to multiple manufacturers because the worst marketing move of 2019 was manufacturers fumbling how they all handled the playfield quality control issues. All of them acted like they were caught with their pants down. They didn't know what to say. They didn't know what to do. They didn't know how to respond to customers. Half the companies wouldn't even say anything. Then they were like, they, they had like this copy and paste warranty claim in which it was unclear what you, they were going to do. They didn't tell us what the solution was. They didn't tell us what the problem was. It, it was a, a period of time in which manufacturers just were deciding to go silent on this topic. And, and we kept harping on it on this podcast and we definitely made an impact and we definitely forced them to respond to everything we were saying on this podcast about what they were going to do for you if your play field was chipping, if it was pooling, if it was falling apart right out of the box. And this wasn't like a, a few customers were just being nitpickers. This was a legitimate issue. This was a quality control issue. This was inferior products were going out to consumers and the companies had very little, very little sort of uh, response or, or solution available. And I think that was the biggest you know, fail in the marketing world of 2019 is how they handled that. Because any company who handled it the best would win over more of the goodwill and, and secure their customer base for the long term. Uh, kudos to Jersey Jack for finally giving people unpopulated play fields. Uh, I think Stern also was, was handling people on a one-off basis. Some people got fully populated playfields. Others got playfields. Really, really frustrating thing for any new buyer to open up a game and have defective clear coat. All right, we got a few more. Then we're going to do the rapid fire of like who just like gets a, a pat on the back kudo from Canada or an award, but we're not going to do the negatives, okay? So the best... Um, reveal or launch of a game in 2019 like who had the best reveal moment who 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 did it right who who really got their game out there in a way that drove the most excitement the most frenzy you know the fear of missing out and this 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 came down to later in the year and this came down between two games a tale of two launches and i think one was executed perfectly and i think one I think one thought it was bigger than it was, right? It's like someone thought they had an eight inch and they really had a six inch. You know what I'm talking about? And I think that's what happened with this one. So the the runner up goes to Stranger Things and Stern because I, I think, you know, Stern's ability to announce this game, albeit spoiled by Canada, um, on a Monday, have games picked up that same day have distributors sell it that same day, have it on location that same day, stream it that same day. It was really cool. It was really cool to see this sort of like everything happening at once as, as a testament to Stern's power and their manufacturing capabilities and their distribution capabilities and their power to secure a huge theme like Stranger Things, okay? Now on paper, on paper that should have been the greatest moment reveal launch in the history of pinball. In reality, it was highly underwhelming for a few reasons. They shipped a game that wasn't done. So it was like, 
great, you're bragging about uh, you know something that's incomplete, which doesn't really show well. So then you stream a game that's incomplete, and it looks incomplete, and it feels incomplete, and the callouts aren't there, and and the integration isn't there yet, and it it it, it just doesn't. It's not putting your best foot forward. So it's kind of like the curtain went up and the actor didn't have his pants on yet. And you're like, well, wait, I'm wearing a shirt. I can still sing, but it doesn't matter. Like it's just it's just distracting because we're noticing what's not in the game instead of focusing on what's there. The other part that was just, you know, there's no way around this. They, they highlighted this projector technology as the greatest innovation in pinball. You know, Gizmodo saying this is the most innovative pinball machine of all time. And then they don't show it. And they take orders on LEs and premiums, and then they don't even show you how the, the, the technology works. So it kind of looked like they were stalling or insecure about whether or not they could actually confidently share with the world what they were bragging about. And so that was really weird and a miss. So Stranger Things, like even though it should have been the biggest launch ever in Stern's history, it still felt like a little bit of a, of a dud launch. And the ultimate telltale sign is this. There are still LEs available for sale. I mean, they didn't sell out all of their 500 LEs. They're still, they're still for sale. So the fact that they could not sell this game out. The other thing is December 23rd, like that's not a good date. People are like already tuning out. They're getting, they've already bought their holiday gifts. They've already spent their holiday money. A really weird time to ask people to now buy something for that much money so close to Christmas, right? Weird. All right, so without a doubt, the greatest launch of 2019, the greatest one goes to Rick and Morty and Spooky Pinball. They did it perfectly. Let's just go down the steps of how they launched this game. They did a teaser video that announced that Spooky Pinball was making a Rick and Morty game. And they had kept this secret for years, okay, like a couple years. No one, everyone thought it was like Scott Denise's Haunted House Party 2, right? There, there was nothing, there was nothing leaking earlier on this year that it was going to be Rick and Morty. There was rumors about like Rick and Morty license was acquired. We knew that, but nobody knew it was Denise's game. Nobody knew it was Spooky's game. Nobody knew. They, they really held it close to the vest. Okay, so we get that teaser video from Adult Swim, and then... And then we get on a Sunday night, we get the game. Oh, this is before that. Sorry, skipping a step. Then they showed us the underside of the play field to show us all the stuff in the game without revealing the game yet. Now, that I thought was a genius way to keep people excited and guessing and sort of just salivating at the mouth about like what could be in this game and starting to see things in the game like there's a subway there's like a pop bumper where the sling is they started you know they got conversation going all they needed to do all they needed to do was get 750 people excited enough to buy the game on the day the game went on sale and they would have been a marketing success right and then they show you on sunday night on a sunday night they show you the video the teaser video of the game being played. It's not a teaser video. It's like it's like a trailer of the game being played. That was great too because you do it on a Sunday night and then everyone throughout the week is talking about you. And so I, I thought that was great. And then we heard that the fan club members were going to be able to get game access first. So if you join the fan club, you could buy the game before the game went up for sale for everyone else in the world. And if you had a Bloodsucker edition, we would build those first. Obviously, I don't think Charlie and company understood the sheer volume of people 
and energy and desire to get this game that came to their door because they they if there was one area that they kind of fumbled it, it was communicating to people how it would all go down completely transparently. Like the first 100 games are gonna be for friends and family and for like Cartoon Network and for this and for distributors and for old customers. Like, so if you ordered on the online, then you were number 101 if you got through first, not number one. You know, some of that stuff was, you know, always gonna be challenging for them because no one would ever wanna accept the answer they were gonna get. But ultimately, all 750 sold. All 750 sold in four hours of time. That's incredible. No one's even seen the game flipped yet, and it sold so quickly. They made money on their fan club membership. So, you know, how much cooler, how much more excited were people to become fan club members than Stern Insiders? So the whole thing was done perfectly. It was within one week's time, we went from hearing about this game to getting excited, to it's selling out in four hours, and now people are waiting for their games. Now, look, the the way to get this game, people are going to be waiting and waiting and waiting. You know, how, how many people out there would like for Chuck to just call up Gary and be like, hey, Gary, can you make these for me in like two weeks and we can move on to the next? You know, see, that's what's funny too, is like in other industries, you know, wouldn't wouldn't like a big company like buy spooky pinball because they clearly i think know what they're doing right now anyway okay so that was the launch of the year for me was rick and morty it was just perfect okay now what was the worst reveal what was the reveal that just was like eh, it's not going to go to stranger things for a worst reveal no it's not going to go to it because that was fine the worst reveal in 2019 it has to go to retro atomic zombie adventure land being shown the way it was at the houston arcade expo Look, as much as they want to tell us it was a prototype, it was still a reveal. We hadn't seen anything that they'd worked on before. This was the moment in which all of the, you know, deep root promises would come to life. They talked to us about playfields that were indestructible. They show up with like a miracle playfield that is destructible. They talk about all this innovation in pinball. It kind of looks like the John Papaduke game that we saw so many years ago, but doesn't even look as colorful. And as nice as what John showed us years ago, they talk about, you know, the new cabinets they're going to have, but they don't bring them, right? They don't bring them. So it's, 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 it was very much a prototype reveal. But the problem now for Deeper is simply the cat's out of the bag, but how much of the cat is out of the bag? People walk away from that reveal. I don't think anyone walked away from the Raza reveal like, take my money now. They need something that makes people feel that way they must have seen the reaction to Rick and Morty. And they must be like, look, I, I can't believe Rick and Morty's getting this reaction and we're getting this and look how much more is in our game. And that might be true, but it's a lesson learned. It's not just about how much you throw into a pinball machine. It's have you made something that resonates with people, that's relatable to people, that excites people. I mean, that's all it comes down to. You know, making a ramp that can't be made turns people off. Having an overly complex storyline turns people off. Releasing a game from a guy that burned a lot of people in the hobby, it turns people off. People love Scott Denisi. Who loves John Papaduke as a human being right now? And so that's that's the worst. It is, you know, and look, Robert knows that he has uh, something big to do in March. When they when they do the real reveal, um, we will see what happens. Now, part of me thinks they're still sandbagging this whole company and there's a lot to come. And this was meant to sort of lower everyone's expectations, but at least prove that something's happening. So we'll see. 
come March, I hope I get my credentials to go down to Deep Root and check it out. But I'm excited because, look, we, we also know in this hobby, it doesn't matter if you had a bad reveal. If the final product is great and people can get it, then they will. I mean, you can course correct. Nothing is set in stone with Deep Root Pinball. All right, moving on to the best toy in a game and the worst toy in a game. So uh, the best toy in a game, and if we look at the, the games that were out there, you know, you've got Wonka has got a bunch of toys in it. You've got toy. There's toys in every game. I think the best toy in a game, without a doubt, is um, the T-Rex in Jurassic Park. And you know me, I always want to see a toy that just does something that makes you say, wow, did you see what it just did? I mean, the T-Rex the picks up the ball, he flails it around the play field, he opens his mouth, he roars, he, he's talking to us in dino speak. That toy puts me in the Jurassic Park world, and I think it's awesome, and I want to see more stuff like that in pinball, okay? Now, the worst toy in pinball, the worst toy in pinball this year, because I think it's the most unsatisfying thing is grandpa's lab in the Munsters. Every time the ball goes down there, it looks cool. It looks like it should be like a fun, magical wow thing to have in a game. And it's so numb feeling when you're down there. It's like like someone put Novocaine into my fingers because you don't get any sensation of being down there. There's nothing. It's just, I, I, I think that is the most, looks cool, but the most, unenjoyable, unfulfilling toy in pinball in 2019. All right, let's keep going. The most improved company of 2019. You know, what what I mean by that? What I mean by most improved? I I mean, a company that after all this time, uh, you know, they finally have figured stuff out and, and they got all their gears in motion and they overcame their biggest hurdle. Now, for me, The most improved goes to Jersey Jack Pinball because Jersey Jack Pinball, until they did what they did with Willy Wonka, they always made people wait way too long to get games. You know, a year wait to get Pirates of the Caribbean, multiple year waits on Wizard of Oz and Hobbit. Um, So this, this launch of Willy Wonka in which Jack revealed the game in April and the games were shipping to customers by July 4th was incredible. And the fact that he's finally figured out a way to get games revealed and shipped in, in a short period of time is, is, is cause for celebration and deserves an award. So Jersey Jack Pinball gets the award for the most improved company of 2019 because of shipping Willy Wonka within two months of revealing the game, which is a huge, huge hurdle for Jersey Jack Pinball to overcome. Now, we hope we see the same thing with Guns N' Roses, and I think we are, and I think that's why you're not seeing you know, them just arbitrarily revealing Guns N' Roses sometime in, 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 in the winter. I, I think you're going to see Guns N' Roses when that game is ready to start being built. And, and if Jack could do anything even better next year, it's like don't even reveal Guns N' Roses until it's already on the line and in boxes and ready to go. You know you're going to sell these games. You don't have to reveal a pinball machine at a show. All you have to do is have it ready to go and people will order it. Now, the least improved company of, of 2019, and this is like one where I'm like, oh, like what, what does that mean, least improved? Well, this is just a company that I just think continues to fall victim to delays. And by now, I wish they would figure out a way to stop always delaying everything and making people wait a long time. And so the least improved company, the company that does need 
to figure out how to get around all these delays is Chicago Gaming Company. Now, they make some of the best products out there, without a doubt. But it's the story of them is always the story of delays and waiting. And, you know, you reveal the Royal Editions and then you people put deposits down and then where are they and when are they shipping and what's the word on when they're actually going to happen. And there's, it's always like you're just waiting and waiting. And I think they're like a year behind now. I mean, we should have seen Cactus Canyon by now. Like, and so as good as these products are, I think Chicago Gaming Company needs to figure out how to solve their delay issue because people want these games. They just don't want to wait an eternity to get them, especially because they're remakes. The game's already been out. You can go get an old one or wait for a new one. I don't know. All right. We're getting to the end. Thank you for sticking with the 2019 Canada Kudos Awards of the best and worst of pinball. So designer of the year, you know who it is. It's Mr. Keith Elwin. Game of the year is also Jurassic Park. I mean, it's it's there's there's no way around it. This game shoots so awesome. Like it, as much as I walk up to it, and I'll, I'll be, I'm going to be totally honest with you, I walk up to Jurassic Park and I do look at it. My initial glance at it is like this game looks a little cheap. It, it, it doesn't look nearly as nice as like some other games out there. The artwork leaves a lot for the artwork on the playfield feels a little flat and uninspired to me. And then I play it. And the shots, my God, like they're so good and they're so rewarding and so fulfilling and nothing is just basic. Like it's not just a straight return from a ramp to a, to, you know, to, to the, to the railing, to the flipper. Everything has movement in directions that aren't just expected and obvious and cookie cutter. It's just feels so originally awesome. And it's just, it's hard to describe, right? Because just, it's just so rewarding. It's so rewarding to shoot that game and, and the speed with some of the shots and the direction and the combos and the toys and the coding and, it, and, and all of it works together to create just an experience that's just awesome. I mean, and there's no way around it. And if you like pinball and you want an awesome pinball experience, it, you kind of forget about some of the aesthetic things and you just enjoy the ride. To me, that's what Jurassic Park pinball feels like. It feels like an amusement park ride that's just a ton of fun. And some other games out there might look a little better or have more this and more that. But somewhere along in this hobby, like we've lost touch with this is what pinball should be, like a magical shooting experience that throws me into the world of the theme. And it's got it all. And I think a lot of this has to do, you know, as we think about the team associated with it because it's a team effort. And that's why I also want to give Canada's kudos to the entire team that worked on Jurassic Park. So Keith Ellen, the designer, Rick uh, Nagel, the software programmer, Johnny Kraft, the artist, the lead engineer, Harrison Drake, lead sound, Jerry Thompson, lead motion graphics, Chuck Ernst. All of you guys should take a freaking bow. Because all of you, and then also the army of people behind these people that make these games, they made an amazing pinball machine. And, and I think it's going to clean house in, in a lot of categories at this year's Twippies. It's, it's such a fun game to play. It's such a fun game to play. And, you know, it's, it's, it might, it might, you might look at it from a distance and not understand why. I just think you have to spend time on it. And, and I think it's that rewarding, okay? Shall we keep going? Artist of the year. All right, just a few more. Let's keep going. So we've got artist of the year. Now, I think this man finally deserves to win a Twippy this year. I also think he's, I mean, he's going to win the Canada Kudo this year. 
he's contributed amazing artwork to pinball. And his style of art is just perfect for pinball. I mean, I look at like Willy Wonka and I'm like, if he had done it, when I look at Stranger Things, I'm like, if he had done it, it would just be so much better. There's no denying when you stand over the Munsters pinball machine that that is the best art package of 2019. It just is. It's phenomenal. It looks incredible in all three forms. There's so much detail on the play field. And so that is why I think Christopher Franchi, long overdue, deserves best pinball artist of 2019. And he's lucky. He is lucky that there's no... <laughs> There's a game coming out next from Stern that uh, just going to win it. It's just going to win it next year, um, but he's lucky. So, I, but, but let's give him his window in which he deserves it because he does. He does deserve it, and I think he deserves it uh, in 2019 for the Munster. So congratulations, Mr. Franchi. I wanted to talk about the pinball company leader of the year, and what I mean by that is the man who keeps a pinball company going and through thick and thin keeps the ship heading in the right direction and drives the pinball industry, drives a multiple teams of people through multiple production schedules, through multiple manufacturing schedules. You know, he's the man. He's just the man. He's the man that if you were to ask me, like, who's the, who's the man? Like, who's the dude? Who's the SHIT in pinball? Like, who is the guy who really, like, controls this industry? Who's got the juice, the spice, right? Who's got the mojo? Who's got, who should have the most swagger, right? And it's no other than Double G, Mr. George Gomez. I mean, he does get my Kaneda Kudo for the Pinball Company Leader of the Year. And it is just, and you can just see it as I go down a list of like, what have people done in pinball this year? And it's just like Stern Pinball is just clobbering everyone when it comes to volume and themes and this and that. And it, and it's just, you know, what would this, I just think about it like this. What would this hobby be without George Gomez? Like, what would this hobby be without Stern doing what they do? Like, what would we talk about? You know, what would we, there, there wouldn't be a pinball hobby in 2019 the way it is today. There wouldn't be modern pinball without them. And they continue to do it. And, and that's what I just love about, as much as Stern might hate me at times and blacklist me, I love the fact that they do what they do that they give us so many more options than everybody else out there. And, and I've said this, year after year, they continue to get better. And I'm telling you, I have full confidence that in 2020, we are going to see them improve on the mechanisms and on internet connectivity and other elements of this industry. They're going to continue to improve. And I think we're all going to be fans of the improvements we see. They've got so much already that they've made better. But they have some ways to go. Every once in a while, they're gonna they're gonna do a you know, virus signature crappy thing or a Star Wars topper that pisses us off. But they deserve to do some of those questionable things because they've done so much else that's really good, right? And so George Gomez is just the man. He's the dude, and he's the one. You know, I mean, you can just give him the lifetime achievement award right now from Canada's kudos. All right, all right. So the, the next award I want to give is to the the Pinball Community Man of the Year. And by this, I mean this is the individual that I think has done so much for the community of people in pinball and has created so much goodwill and has fostered an environment in which we focus on, the, uh, on why we love pinball and what, as a community, we can do that's good for the world even beyond just pinball, okay? And, and I think this man is 
my favorite personality to call into and talk to on his show on Monday nights. And I think he's just an overall amazing human being and positive person in the world uh, that we all should be friends with if we like pinball. I know whenever I start to get too negative or a little too down or too nitpicky, I always reach out to this guy and he just always sort of level sets me. This year's Kaneda Kudos for Pinball Community Man of the Year goes to Ken Cromwell at Special When Lit. Now, and we and we just saw Ken organize the fundraiser for Project Pinball that raised over $50,000, okay? I was happy to be a part of that. Check is on its way. It's going to, to Project Pinball next week for me. It's, it's, it's all ready to go. I'm gonna do a little like Facebook post about it being mailed out. Um, it's just incredible. And he does it, he doesn't do it. Here's the thing about Ken, he doesn't do it for the accolades or the adoration or he just does it because it's the right thing to do. He does it because it's the right thing to do. And, and his show, Special When Lit, it, it, it has a nice positive take on the hobby. You know, I, I always give Ken grief. I'm like, oh man, you you can't even like, when you don't like something, you can't just say you don't like it. You even say it like in a nice, the nicest way possible. But that's who he is. And I don't ever want that man to change. So Ken, you get the Kaneda Kudo for Pinball Community Man of the Year. All right, two more, two more. We're going we're gonna to flip these. We're going to do the best use of a projector in a game in 2019. The Canada Award for best use of a projector goes to nobody because we haven't seen it work yet. What a joke. Don't tell me you got a projector, Stern, and then not show us the projector. You got to show it to us sooner or later. You're going to have to you know, give us your homework assignment, and let's see if you actually did your homework and made this thing work in most lighting environments. All right, the last Kaneda Kudos Award, and then I'm gonna let you guys go and enjoy your holidays. Kaneda Kudo for Company of the Year. Drum roll, is that a drum roll? That was the worst drum roll ever. Who's the Company of the Year? Who deserves it? Hard to choose. But my pick for Company of the Year goes to Spooky Pinball. And, and I'm gonna tell you why. It's just real simple. Tiny little company from Benton, Wisconsin. They're the only pinball company that grew at their own pace, right? They're not telling us they got 21 games that are 50% complete. I mean, Charlie went from making 150 games to 300 games to 500 games to now 750 games. And, and every time that they make a game, they tell you like, here's, here's our schedule. Here's Here's when you're going to get your game. Here's how long you're going to wait. But we will get you your game. And unlike so many other boutique pinball manufacturers out there, or small companies that have come up and made us promises, they've, they've not delivered. And so Spooky Pinball, to me, gets the company of the year because of Rick and Morty. Because they had the foresight and they saw a theme that would connect with the pinball community. And they were right. And you, I, I have to believe that other manufacturers must have passed on Rick and Morty or slept on it. But these guys, I, I think they listened to the feedback. They continued to get better. And now they're giving us what I consider to be an, a grade A theme, a juggernaut theme for pinball that just hits at the right time with the right audience. And for that reason, and not just that, like the other part that's easy to brush over is how accessible and transparent and how present spooky kt 
and Bug and and what is it, Luke over there and all the guys over there, they're so part of the community. Like they're in the thread, Scott Denisi, right? They're in the threads answering people's questions about their own games in real time. When people have questions about how stuff is going to work, does Stern do that? Does Jersey Jack do that? Lloyd does not count as a Jersey Jack spokesperson. Does American Pinball do that? Not so much anymore because they don't want to answer if Hot Wheels is next. But you know what I'm saying? It's a family-run business and you feel it. And you feel why Scott Denisi didn't go work at Stern and why he didn't sell TNA you know, to George Gomez. You feel why they want to keep it small and keep it transparent and, and keep it you know, this family-run community part of the pinball world. And, and, and for that, I, I think we should recognize Spooky Pinball, to me, as the pinball company of 2019. Uh, they got every single Alice Cooper out the door to people as well. I mean, that's the other part, too, is they shipped an entire allotment of Alice Coopers without any real incident, which is great, which is great. So congratulations, Spooky Pinball. You get Canada's kudos for the the company of 2019. The reason I'm giving it to them this year, too, is I kind of know it's coming in 2020. Oh, man. It's just going to be like, oh, Stern's just going to dominate. Get ready for it, people. All right, everyone. Thank you. Have a great day. BRGB flossing, jig on the cover of Fortune. Five double O. It's my phone number, your man. I got the nose. I got the dough. Got the flow down, Pizak. Platinum plus, like Vizak. Dangerous on Trizak. Leave your ass, Pizak. Oh, oh, oh.